everybody. This is Zoe Midler, Digital Literacy Specialist for the Boulder Valley School District, and this is episode 19.1 of Not a Rocking Chair Librarian. 19.1, hmm, what's that all about? Well, I've decided to do a series of podcasts um, that are going to feature dynamic duos, and the dynamic duos I'm talking about are the dynamic, fabulous partnerships between the teacher librarian and the principal that we have at many of our BVSD schools. I'm also going to be talking to people across the country as well that have these great partnerships between principals and teacher librarians. I've been a teacher librarian for quite some time and both in the library and at the district level. And one of the things I'm noticing about some of the librarians who have really been successful at navigating some of those shifts, those future ready shifts and those 21st century modern library characteristic shifts that we want to see in our in our library spaces and programming and in our librarians are only possible when there's a really great partnership between that principal and the teacher librarian. The principal sees the librarian as more than just someone who checks in and checks out books and probably more than just a literacy advocate. So I've found a few people that um, really sort of crystallize this dynamic duo partnership, and we're going to be highlighting them over a series of podcasts. So our first uh, dynamic duo that's up is uh, Samara Williams and Lizzie Carmichael from Elmerald Elementary, and I'm just going to let them tell you their story. So I'm Samara Williams. I'm the principal here at Emerald. And I'm Lizzie Carmichael. I'm the teacher librarian here at Emerald Elementary. Um, Samara and Lizzie, the reason I wanted to talk to you guys, like I said before we even started recording, was I'm really fascinated by what is successful with teacher librarians as we sort of move into helping them make the shifts to being these modern, you know, future-ready librarians, um, and also how we're being successful with um, our library spaces, our programming, everything. And you guys are kind of unique because you had your whole building torn down a year ago and rebuilt. And so you have this wonderful modern building and the library is really at the heart of it. So I'm just really curious, um, and in my, and I, I'll, I'll do an intro for the whole entire series of podcasts I'm gonna be doing with principals and teacher librarians, but I've noticed there's a red thread that makes these partnerships successful. I guess what I'm saying is for the teacher librarian to be really successful and ha make those shifts and do those things that we really want to see our teacher librarians doing. Becoming information professionals, innovation and technology specialists, uh, literacy advocates, and we're talking about multiple literacies there, and also um, being an instructional planner and, and co-teacher. You know, how do we, how does that come about? And it has been my sort of hypothesis that a lot of it is based on a really strong partnership between the principal and the teacher librarian. So I wanted you guys maybe to talk a little bit about what that partnership is like and sort of Samara, what are, Samara, what are your expectations around that? Yeah, um, well, number one secret to all success in a school is hire the right people. <laughs> and um, so, I mean, that is part of it mm -hmm. is to, in Lizzie, um, we were able to find someone that was really future thinking and, I mean, frankly, didn't have a lot of old-fashioned things to unlearn um, right. and uh, old ways of thinking about things. So um, in this new building, Lizzie was a perfect fit because she was, um, you know, ready to, to start anew with being a teacher librarian. And so all of her training and experiences were all about that future-ready um, teacher librarian mindset right. um, and I guess my my expectation around that has was for 
Lizzie to be seen as a resource and a partner mm -hmm. and somebody that uh, other teachers would seek out and look to for expertise and um, and she's really she's done a great job of that mm -hmm. um, I also have a, a really strong feeling that um, the library needs to be welcoming and open and um, available all day mm -hmm. and uh, Lizzie's really been able to do a nice job with that also because when you need a book you need a book right. and that for me as an adult um, I when I want a book I go to the library online and I download one off of overdrive right. and that's kind of the world we live in and um, I really want that um, when that spark is there for a kid I want them to be able to uh, have access to all the 24 different kinds of literacy um, so it's really about <laughs> Also expanding your, your the way you think about literacy and libraries and what they are and um, a, a, a school leader such as teacher librarian. So one of the things I'm hearing you saying is that Lizzie, and we're going to get you involved in this conversation in a second, is she didn't come with baggage. Correct. Or preconceived Absolutely. notions about what librarianship should be what probably you and I, maybe yeah. all three of us, kind of yeah. grew up with having. Um, I'm hearing that and I'm also hearing that you have clear expectations for how you want the staff also to view her and and have the availability of uh, of her as a resource right so what yeah what got which you is, to that point yeah. actually if you talk about the partnership you know to have that vision of having it being open mm -hmm. all right. the school day requires staffing mm -hmm. and sure. planning around paras if we're at yeah. like right just staffing it which makes it available like mm -hmm. that's a priority that you're yeah you take action on right and that then I can deliver yes. well and I mean frankly to go back to a really old-fashioned elementary librarian model mm -hmm. you can't have them have a regular schedule Lizzie needs to have a completely flexible schedule so that when third grade needs her for science research she doesn't say at that time I'm always doing so-and-so's first grade class. Mm -hmm. That um, inflexibility in scheduling around elementary libraries, I think, is something that needs to be left in the, yeah, <laughs> the last the past, century. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's hard for people to give up, but mm -hmm. what you get out of it is a much more authentic partnership between teacher-librarian and the, the classroom mm -hmm. teachers and therefore the children. So when did your expectation as an administrator shift on that? Because we have a lot of administrators mm -hmm. who are still very much tied into this has to be scheduled. I don't necessarily see this person as a resource, anything other than doing anything other than being sort of managing the books. Yeah. So when did that shift happen for you? Well, so I was a teacher librarian for five years in a middle school, and I didn't have formal teacher librarian uh, training at the time. Uh, my principal came to me and said, I was a language arts teacher, said, can I move you into the library? And I was like, I don't have a degree. She's like, that's okay. You are um, flexible and well-respected, and you've, you've been a user with your language arts kids for the last three years. And I was like, I'll try anything. And she's like, just do it for a year. And so I ended up, so I didn't come in with some of that baggage. Mm -hmm. And I co-taught with teachers, and I had a flexible schedule. And most importantly, I opened up the library and... Um, right you know, got the kids in and just, I it kind of happened organically and by sure. accident. Um, but, so that's how I did it. That's how I did it in 1999 through 2004. And that was a long time ago, but it made so much sense to me that it was as needed when the 
teacher needs you. It was never that whole like right. one o'clock on Thursday type thing. And that was middle school, so it's a little easier to do it that way. But I've just always approached the library in that way. I use an analogy with Lizzie. I want the library to be like Nordstrom's. Okay, so sometimes <laughs> I love you go Nordstrom's. to <laughs> who doesn't? Sometimes you go to Nordstrom's on a Thursday in the summer, and there's nobody there, and you get the most amazing salesperson, and you spend four hours there, and you leave with every single outfit in the world. Sometimes you go on Christmas Eve and you don't get that same kind of service, but you still leave with your gift that you, your last minute mm-hmm. gift that you needed. So even though the experience isn't always going to be the same, I want the access to the library to always be, um, it's always open. Right. So, What has it meant to you as a teacher librarian to have, and, I mean, do, do you see yourself in a partnership? I mean, you meet uh, regularly oh, with yeah. Samira. Yeah, you guys talk regularly. I think that was actually one of the biggest I deals agree. is yeah. I... When I started last year, you know, the summer before, I had been following Future Ready librarians on Facebook mm-hmm. and gone to conferences and really tried to immerse myself in what the this Future Ready thinking was. And one tip of advice had been make regular yep. appointments with your principal, which I had to be really brave to do because I <laughs> respect how busy principals are. But I was, and I thought, oh, maybe, you know, we'll meet, like, every month or every six weeks and Samara instantly was like let's meet every other week and some weeks it doesn't work out but we meet every other week and it's and and we just put it back on the calendar for this year you know it was very very important um to have those regular meetings and especially that first year but really I think all the time I Mm -hmm. think um a, a really important just regular meetings um to talk to do talk through problems of practice or how are things going or just to check in and sometimes it's five minutes sometimes it's 20 minutes and sometimes lizzie comes with the list sometimes i come with a list sometimes we don't have anything and the next thing you know we're having the most in-depth conversation that we needed to have yeah um and out of those meetings came lots of training for staff and putting things Mm -hmm. together we had Uzo out and mm-hmm. those all came from those regular meetings and it, if it was a flyby if it was not on the calendar and not sit down and have this time to talk about the library I just don't think any of those things would happen right another thing I guess ad- advice I would give to mm-hmm. a new administrator or somebody that has a more traditional library setting would mm-hmm. be um to be open as an administrator to learn from your people. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the ability to, to change and to change your thinking and um, modify your mindset is so vital in this modern day world and in modern day schools. Um, if we did things the way we did them 20 years ago, boy, would we be behind. Mm-hmm. And in some libraries, that is what we're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've so learned inter- a ton from, from Lizzie. It's yeah. so interesting because the teacher librarian network in BBSD is very strong. People are so smart and so experienced and so fun <laughs> that I think if administrators did come to them sort of with that mindset, like open to mm-hmm. what their perspective they were bringing, it would be, yeah. it would change school culture and library culture. Well, I think you have changed the culture here. I mean, I know we're going into year two. This is your first year with a full-time teacher librarian because right. Lizzie yep. was, what were you last year? I was 0.7. Yeah, so that's going to be another shift for you. Her, Absolutely. her availability will be even more persistent. Already in the first week, I, I feel the difference. Yeah, really. Just being here through 3.30, yeah. like mm-hmm. in that after-school yeah. time where I can connect with teachers on little things. I didn't have that last year. Well, and it's actually kind of amazing that we accomplished all this with a 0.7. Right. And before that, we had a 0.5. Yep. I mean, it has been... 
um, it, it's a testament to um, the evolution of, of Emerald as a school, but with the leadership of people like Lizzie. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I didn't know anything about all those different kinds of literacy. I didn't even know what a makerspace was before we started building this building. Mm-hmm. And so just for, for um, principals to just be open to, to different ways of thinking about things and that probably the answers to that are all like already on your staff right. and there's people that are already know, know about that. Well, it's something important. you just said that really caught my attention was leadership, yeah. and you talked about Lizzie as a leader, Absolutely. and I think that's really, I think that's the crux of things mm-hmm. when it comes to the, the principal-teacher librarian relationship. I was very fortunate in that my principals always saw me as a leader, and they let me lead, and they mm-hmm. let me have conversations at that level and, you know, do the kind of ideation we want yeah. to have at that level. So I wonder if that's, I wonder if that's unique. I wonder if... I mean, I wonder if seeing the teacher librarian as a potential leader in your, in your school is as a unique perspective. Well, I was treated that way <laughs> right. when I was a teacher librarian, so. and it was actually at that time that I was encouraged to get my principal's license, mm-hmm. and I had opportunities when I had that position for five years to um, do some administrative work and be a leader. And so, I, you know, I mean, that's how I learned it sure. from really great principals, and and so that's my my idea is that leadership in a school is not in the office. Leadership is in every single classroom and every single person in your school. It's really empowering too. I mean, I feel what, yeah. really lifted up that you see me in that light and that I can I can step forward in that role because yeah. that feels natural to me too, like to you know, right. want to to want to lead. Right. And that's, that's <laughs> organic. Yeah. Like you yeah, said, right. it's an organic thing for yeah. a lot of us, and I, especially for a lot of teacher librarians, I think uh, it's a very organic thing. Well, when you work with the whole school instead of just one class or just your grade level, mm-hmm. it does give you a completely different perspective of the school as a complex system instead of just your little classroom, mm-hmm. which you're one part of. Um, so I, I think that the position naturally lends itself to that leadership. Mm-hmm. It also goes along with my sort of view of servant leadership that I'm here to support, and I, I'm not here to be the authority or be the, the know-it-all or you know be the end-all, be-all, that there's all kinds of expertise in the building. Sure, and you would never be content. I don't think either of you would ever be content with this space just being a place for people to come and check in and check out books and get a story time. I mean, yeah. uh, to me, it's like you've really embraced the idea that it's right. the largest classroom in the building. Exactly, <laughs> yep. And you're moving towards We had towards fifth that. grade instrumental meeting in there yesterday. Yeah, it <laughs> makes, every time someone asks me like, oh, is it open for this? I'm like, yes, yes It's open in. for everything. <laughs> well, and that uh, the other thing about our new space is the changing your eye, changing your vision that only one thing can happen in there at a time. Um, And we did think of our old library in that way. And then um, I was just really uh, clear with people and even in the designing process of this Mm -hmm. new building that we were gonna move to a multi, multi-function room that would have multiple different things happening in it at the same time. Yeah, Yeah. and that I think that that is a, a big shift for people but really important part of it. So, I want to. I don't want to keep you guys too much longer because I know you're really busy. Um, but I want to ask you: Is it? Are your expectations being met? I mean, you've gone through year one. She was point seven. Lizzie's now going to be full time. You started. I think. I looks like from my own involvement with you guys, I know the shifts have already started to occur. She's a bit of a force of nature. Lizzie. Yes, indeed. <laughs> so, are your expectations? So, I mean, I think that we exceeded our expectations for what we wanted last year. Mm-hmm. You know, for year right. one, reasonable in the new goals build. for year exactly. Run. Mm-hmm. And I think that 
Lizzie and I have sort of a five-year plan of where we want to get to, so mm -hmm. we're not there yet. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, it's about the co-teaching and the really being part of the, the grade-level teams and then the teams being, you know, immersed in the library and sure. Lizzie doing true, authentic co-planning and co-teaching with them. Mm -hmm. So, no, yeah. my I expectations are absolutely being met, right. but our expectations for where the school could I go... I feel like, like it's tip of the iceberg. Oh, okay. Agreed. So they're, they're evolving, and you're, but you're on the right path, you yeah. feel like. A okay. Absolutely. Well, we had those reasonable goals for last yeah. year, and we exceeded them. So. so give me a reasonable goal for last year. I'm thinking about principals who yeah. might be listening to this saying, well, how do right. you get this started? What's a, what's a first thing I can do to start changing the way I think about the space and the way the staff thinks sure. about the space and the librarian? Um, well, we made a goal last year that Lizzie was going to co-plan and co-teach at least one unit or mm -hmm. um, part of a less yeah. or part of a unit with yeah. each grade level team. And I think that was a really good, reasonable goal. I think we almost made it. I think we almost made it, yeah. yeah. Really close. And I think another way to just start small is is to get people to just imagine the idea that a whole class doesn't have to go to the library at once to get a book. Just that we had a lot of success with. Right. Yeah, self-checkout so, yep, and sending small yep, groups. Yep, I mean, really. that is just right there. Oh, you've got five kids that are finished with their work. That's a perfect time. Mm -hmm. Here's the, you know, now it's open all the time. Our library is open all the time. Um, but just to shift that thinking mm -hmm. in people's head is is a really, really big, um, big first step. I think so because once they shift to, oh, I can send... Yeah. small groups and small amounts of times, then they start to see my role is shifting too. Yeah. Like, um, I'm not just there for checkout. Right. Or, like, our, right. our pairs who have helped with that. Like Exactly. Like, and well, you're, pairing, you're pairing that with saying, we have the self-sufficiency now. You right. can come whenever you want. And... And I guess what? Yeah. I can now have this time to work with you yeah. and yep. give you, yeah. Right. So that's and a really And be a yes person. Point. Like, what yeah. do you need? Like, <laughs> what do you need help with? Like, and uh, I can do that. You can be much more proactive. <laughs> and yeah. another big deal for me is that Lizzie should not be shelving books. Mm -hmm. That is, um, I, that's just beyond her expertise. And I'm not saying that she's not going to ever shelve a book or whatnot, but, you know, we can use our paraprofessionals and parent volunteers and that kind of thing to do that kind of work so that she's not tied up on something like that and she can be a yes person. I think that's right. um, a really important to, to have the resources there so that your teacher librarian isn't spending their time shelving books. Well, and that's that totally mirrors the BBSD 21st right. century librarian characteristics, yeah. you know, moving yeah. them sort of towards that, moving the teacher librarian towards those higher, basically those higher level activities that really do tap the expertise they want we want them to have, especially in like digital citizenship. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that being that subject matter expert on research strategy instruction and, and yeah. just, you know, right. The well, you're like I've told it, I've said this a million times. I mean, I feel like librarians are the Swiss Army knives of the school. Absolutely, <laughs> oh, I love that. A hundred percent. You know, yeah. I I just I want to mention that we are also bringing our preschoolers to the library mm -hmm. to do checkout and and find books, and yeah. that I think that's really important. Like that was a completely unheard of five years mm -hmm. ago, and we're doing that now. Yeah. Um, our preschoolers also get. PE like in a co-taught class with other kids so just thinking of preschoolers yeah. as part of your school I think yeah. when those kids get to kindergarten and first grade oh they're gonna oh my gosh yeah. already yeah. this week yep the kindergarten the ones who are here for pre-k well, they already know what to do I have to say to I am not space. worthy I am not worthy because when I was a teacher librarian I didn't take pre-k because yeah. yeah. that was a big 
that was a big to do. But yeah. I also see the value though yeah. of scaffolding right. it as early as you can because yeah. then you can kind of hit the ground running with kindergarten. You're not, yeah. you know, you they can come once a month going. instead yeah. of once a week. Kinder yeah. comes once a week. Yeah, pre K comes once a month. That, that seems like a really you know, reasonable way to totally do it. Totally reasonable. Yeah. And also, um, genreifying our library has mm. been huge. Well, that was one of the things yeah. that because my paras were able to do shelving and mm-hmm. also help with replacing uh, spine labels. We genreified our whole fiction collection last spring because we had a little extra yeah. para support mm-hmm. also. And yeah, I would say to, to a principal, I would if you really want to shift your library, take some take some resource and put it in there so that it can really be done well. Mm-hmm. Um, and so last year, moving into the new building, not having any kind of concept of what it would be like to have an almost full time school like mm-hmm. teacher librarian, we kind of overstaffed the library. And I thought that was just fine. Lizzie's yeah. getting on board at the entire school is moving into a new building. Right. And it worked beautifully. I, I would like to say that I did it intentionally because I wanted to <laughs> strategically change the culture about our library, but I didn't. Yeah. We just didn't know. And it ended up being yeah. um, the, a blessing that it was overstaffed because all that stuff got done. Um, got done in a meaningful and way. And I could use my thinking exactly. and expertise to, right. to right. put them to really good useful work for our school absolutely yeah. but you know I, there are conversations that you'll have with principals that this is not the place to put the resources right yeah. I mean I need to have teachers be able to have planning time yeah. so I need that library to basically a place for me to park students so the teachers right. can have planning time. although the state suggests that <laughs> yeah. it's not a drop-off time that if teachers I, are coming I, that's that always if the students well, are coming to library, teachers are yeah. coming with that's them. That's an and expectation here. Right, no, no, I, no, I know. know. That's baggage that a, a lot of people do carry. And well, I, so I'll say it uh, as the principal here. It is an expectation. It was even before Lizzie was mm-hmm. our teacher librarian that you don't drop your kids off at library. So that's mm-hmm. just always been an expectation. If that is valuable time for your class or your kids, then you're with them. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a really interesting way to say that. And what isn't during the day valuable? I mean, <laughs> everything you do with them should be of, I mean, right. of value. Exactly. So, so dropping them there and saying I'm leaving says I'm not valuing that space. I'm not valuing that expertise. So that's exactly. a really strong statement. Yep. I don't know if you realize how strong a statement you just made. <laughs> I want to call I mean that it. out. I, I absolutely mean it. Yeah. Um, you know, you're the person that has the intimate not As classroom teacher, you have the intimate knowledge of mm-hmm. each of the kids and your standards and where they are and... Yep for you and the teacher librarian to work together or to help each child find the right book or what whatever is very meaningful. But the other part is getting away from the whole class being there and just doing mm-hmm. the five kids at a time or whatever mm-hmm. after you've taught kids how to find a perfect, you know, a perfect enjoyment book or a perfect on right. instructional level book, then great. You have a smaller little bit of class for that right. time and the kids are getting wonderful treatment in the library. I mean, that's another great way to do that. Well, and we also get, I mean, you know, Lizzie, we get pushback sometimes from teacher librarians too that, you know, we're not doing as much um, reader's advisory as we used to do because Mm -hmm. we do this instead. And I say we because I also did the same model you did. Well, and it's such a lovely part of the job to connect kids with Mm -hmm. books, like the book whisperer kind Mm -hmm. of. Yeah. That role is really special, but... Do you feel it's diminished because of what you're doing, how um, you're running it? I still feel like it's a big part of what right. I uh-huh. do. And you've yeah. trained the, the paraprofessionals and, yeah. pa- frankly, parent volunteers that yeah. work in our library to be a book whisperer also. Yeah. And so... And as part of genrefying, too, is to help right. kids, like, right. get them towards the book they're most interested 
and reading next. And, and quickly. you know, I always envision the day where when we were putting our stuff together in, in my library about just more patron self-sufficiency and genreification, when the kids became book whispers to each other. Mm, exactly. That's the you best. Know, that's yeah. the best. And that's not to replace the yeah. role of the teacher librarian. I think that will always be a big part of Reader's yeah. Advisory, but I just think it's as... It's changing. Oh, it's my son is a book is an ama- He's a better book whisperer than I am. He's, <laughs> he'll tell any kid like, "Oh, you like that book? You should try this, this, and this." Yeah, I think it's and they hear it differently coming from kids. Absolutely. We, I want more shelf talkers. That's yeah. that's a goal of mine this this year. Merchandising, merchandising, <laughs> merchandising. Yeah, ladies, this was really really great. Is there anything else you want to add? I mean, think about this is going to go to principals and teacher librarians, and I just want to really, like I said, highlight the importance of this partnership because I think sometimes mm-hmm. it's like it's not broke. I don't need to fix it. I can walk by. Kids are checking in books, check, check, yeah. checking out books, and they're getting a read aloud. We're good. We got a great right. library, which you probably do have a great library, but what it else? It could be can, more. Right. It could be more. It could be more future ready. Um, you know, I just. I'm just not sure that the the read aloud is the best use of expertise of a teacher librarian. Mm-hmm. Everybody learns to do a read aloud on your first day of teacher school. <laughs> yeah, and we have a lot of experts in reading literature aloud to but children in the but building. Do, so, Absolutely. So, so is that to say you don't ever do read alouds now? Um, or do you do them infrequently or just for specific grades? I, I do them with the kindergarten and mm-hmm. then periodically with mm-hmm. other grade levels. Yeah. Right. Okay. I, I do read alouds. I just yeah. did a read aloud for the whole no. first grade. <laughs> and it was this lovely book um, called A Fine, Fine School. And it's about a principal. Oh, that's that, so It's funny. about a principal <laughs> that decides the school is so awesome that the kids need to go on Saturday and then Sunday and then all summer and on holidays. Oh, I've heard about <laughs> this book. It is Wonderful. So that's another thing is mm-hmm. there's, do you know how complimented your principal would be if you asked your principal to do a read aloud instead of taking up the teacher librarian's mm-hmm. time? The teacher librarian can do things I cannot do that right. I don't have expertise in, but everybody can read a book. Right. Ask your paraprofessionals, ask your lunch people, ask your counselor. Those are yeah. great ways because it is important for kids to hear books read aloud. By, no, by but lots yeah. of different people. Exactly. Right? Inclu- but wow, my principal's even a reader, right? I mean, that's a great exactly. modeling of that. Yeah. 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 I read my technology tale to second to fifth graders or excerpts from mm-hmm. it about digital citizenship last week. So oh. that was my, my get in and do a little See, that, bit of See, to reading. me, that's more authentic and meaningful than. A book yeah. for a book's sake. Oh, no, it was embedded yeah. in the lesson yeah, and exactly. the purpose of why we were all together. Okay, so. that's a whole nother podcast. <laughs> all righty. <laughs> we're happy to do it. We're proud of what we're doing here um, at uh, yeah. Home well, of the Dragons. And uh, like I said, I'll, once I, I'm actually going to be interviewing a few different uh, combinations of, and I haven't figured out if I'm going to do you guys separately or put you all together yeah, or yeah. whatever, but I'm, nice. I'm thinking nice little bites might be easier. Yeah. So I'll keep you posted on when we um, get this all uh, up and posted and everything. So thanks for your time. That was so, so fun. Yeah. We need to do that more often. Like 